Welcome, family. You have reached Redemption's Ready to Preach podcast. We want to start by saying thank you for joining us in this venture. We ask that you you be with us, you be thinking, you be ready to ready to preach your own selves. We ask that you share it. Um, we ask that you listen to the whole thing. We ask that you tell as many about us as you possibly can. I want to say thank you, and I want to welcome you. And I think there's no other way to welcome you other than by praying for you. Heavenly Father, I ask you to move over this podcast with your spirit, God. I ask that you open someone's mind, open someone's heart, God. I ask that you lead somebody to you, God. Anything that we say, God, we ask that you bless it, God, in your name, in Jesus' name. We ask that you come over this podcast, bless it with your blessing, but not only with your blessing, God, with your spirit. Pour your spirit all over this, God. We ask that you move on our behalf, God, that we're trying and we're pushing to further your kingdom as far as we can on this earth, God, that that heaven is crowded. God, we ask that you bless it in Jesus' name, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So, hello, everybody. My name is Bryce Saylor. I'm with Redemption Church. I'm 22 years old, and I'm ready to preach. Hey, I am Casey Schaefer. I am 23 years old, an associate pastor at Redemption Church, and I am ready to preach. Hello, everyone. Welcome. My name is Patty, short for Patricia. Um, Serratos. Yep, Martinez Serratos. And I am 49 years old, also from Redemption Church, and I'm glad to be here tonight. I'm Mark Shulon. I'm an associate pastor with Redemption Church. I am currently still 40 years old, and I am ready to preach. Hello, everybody. We are here at the Ready to Preach podcast. Um, we kind of want to go around the table and start this thing off with a few basic questions. I think the first question we should ask each other around this table is, are you ready to preach? I'm going to start out with Casey. Are you ready to preach? Yeah. Yeah. Um, like right this second, probably not because I haven't worked on a sermon, but I'm I'm ready to go with at least a little bit of notice. Like give me an hour or <laughs> at two. Least, yeah, a couple hours. <laughs> yeah. To put but, something together. Like emotionally ready to preach. Intellectually, I'll get there. Yeah. Patty, how about you? I'm Patty. <laughs> Are you ready to preach? I'm and I'm ready to preach. There we yes. go. There we go. I would say, yeah, well, I'm Mark, and I'm ready to preach. Um, I usually have a couple, whether I have just a title and a notepad or I have— A couple, we'll say, dwelling in your brain. Yeah, a couple still cooking. Yeah, it's still in the oven. I uh, I want to go around next and ask, oh, well, I'm ready to preach. Yeah, I feel Bryce, like, are you ready to preach? Yeah, I am. Yeah. I am. <laughs> um, at the moment, am I ready to preach all the time? I'd like to say yes. I'd like to say that I have words of hope and encouragement— and if all I can say is you need to need, you need to meet Jesus and let me help you find him, I think that's considered ready to preach. Yeah. And I think that answers actually my next question of what it means to be ready to preach. To me personally, um, if you can lead someone to Christ, I think that means you're ready to preach. If you live and lead a good life of Christianity and not necessarily follow all the rules that the church has laid out, but follow what the Bible says, I think living your life ready to preach is just as good as having a sermon in your head. How do you feel about that, Casey? I I agree with you totally. Um, 
I guess it depends on where you're looking at, like, preach. Whenever you asked initially, I was like, well, am I ready to give a sermon? No, not right this second. But that was actually one of the questions I had wrote down for later, too, was, like, right. our podcast is called Ready to Preach. What does that mean? Right, right. And, I, yeah, at the basis of it, I guess it really does mean being willing to step out as a vessel to be used. Um, we might not always have the words right away. Right. We might not always know what we're going to say, but the willingness to be used to further God's kingdom and to speak to somebody who may need it is really the first step into being ready, I think. Right. Patty? That's how I feel. Um, I'm always ready to speak to someone, talk right. to them about Jesus. Yeah. You know, just say, hey, do you go to church? That's the first thing I ask is, hey, do you go to church? Where do you go to church at? If they say, no, I haven't been to church in years. Um, I know, a kinda, really good one. Yeah, you kind of just invite you. them yeah. to our church. Um but you have to tell them that it's a, it's not a religion per se. Right. It's a relationship that you need with well, that, Jesus Christ. That was one thing that I want to expand on kind of what you said. I'm out of the I, I'm out of this shell that the that the church society has put on us that come to my church. Mm-hmm. I'm sick of leading people to church. Yeah. And I know that sounds bad, but let me further explain to myself. I want to lead people to Jesus. Right. You know, cuz that's the really what we're actually mm-hmm. trying to say whether we're want to come to church or not. I want to take you to a place where you can find Jesus. And I think that's a big deal. We're not trying to add numbers to the board on the attendance. We're trying to add numbers to the heaven. Kingdom. Yeah. yeah the, right. the building is just a place where we meet. Where the, the church, church is, is all right. of us. Right, mm-hmm. right. You know, it can be like in this case, we're in the podcast room in the bottom of a church. Right. It could be sitting at McDonald's for Sunday dinner or something, or wherever you go, or right. family's table for a holiday. If you got... People gathered together for the right reason, and it's talking about Jesus. That's church right there. Right, and, yes. and that's what I was just going to say to you. You want to lead them to church, but they're sitting there talking to the mm-hmm. church. You know, I, uh, I, I'm kind of out of. Obviously, I like I favor Redemption Church. I'm sure as we all do, but yeah, um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> no, I. Uh, I uh, I favor Redemption Church, but I know that they can find what they need in Redemption Church yes. as a as a church family, and not only that, find salvation. I think the uh, the next thing we should we should talk about is kind of our backgrounds, and I'll start with that. I uh, I've been a church kid my entire life. I've never remembered a time in my life that I wasn't in church on a Sunday or Wednesday, and it wasn't. You know, just a Sunday and a Wednesday here and there, but it was every Sunday and every Wednesday from the time I was born till present day, you know. So I kind of, I got a taste of the good side of things. I've seen the bad side of things. Now that I'm older, I've seen some of the, the uh, I won't call it manipulation of church people, but I've seen the bad side of things as well. But I've, uh, I've been a, a pastor's kid, a preacher's kid my whole life, a PK as you will, as many people call it and refer to it as. Um, and now I've turned kind of into just a P. I'm not the preacher's kid. I'm a preacher now, <laughs> you know, and I uh, I hold that in high regard. I try to take in the understanding and take the gravity to know that I have someone's life in my hand, someone's eternity in my hand, and I try not to, try, try not to pray pray against taking that lightly. I uh, I ask God to help me as many times as I can to keep that at the forefront of my thought that this is someone's life. This is someone's outcome. This is someone's eternity. This is, um, for lack of better terms, this is heaven or hell for somebody. Definitely. I uh, I do work. We all have full-time jobs. We all work. I know that. That's 
not really what you're interested in, but um, go on. And Casey, go ahead. Um, well, I'm Casey again. I actually don't have the exact same experience as Bryce, but very similar experiences. We came from the same church prior to coming to redemption and being a part of redemption. Um, not a PK, not a pastor's kid, but my grandparents were both really involved in the church from the very beginning. Um, that is one thing, I guess, that mildly sets me apart. I have always lived with my grandparents, always grown up with them just due to some situations, which aren't important and won't be discussed unless it's um, you know necessary or important to whatever the topic is. But I've, yeah, spent my whole life going to church, being a part of worship in one way or another. And then just out of the blue one day, we were all called to preach. Not out of the blue. There's a calling on our lives, but I just didn't realize that because I am not the person to uh, to be up out there. I think you, like many of us, ran from that. Not I, necessarily ran from <laughs> it, but didn't run to it. I was definitely hesitant, and I can't think of the word for it, but I wasn't too sure about it whenever your dad called each of us to start. Right. But, I mean, going forward, I have moved past that. But, yeah, just been in it my whole life, recently learning what it really means to be in it rather than just be in the building and happy to continue that learning progress and hopefully help somebody else to come to the same sort of realizations. Patty, we're on to you. Okay. So I've been in church my whole life as well. Um, there were a few years there. Let me just preface that a lot longer than all of us here. Hey, <laughs> don't do that yeah. to Patty. So, I think I'm the oldest. I don't know one why you're room, making. Why are you making that sound effect? You're older than both me and Bryce. Yeah, so. I'm not older than her. No. Yeah. You're not far off. Okay, sorry for losing. That I'm the thought. oldest kid in the cult, so <laughs> yeah. right, still go. a kid at heart. All right, back at it, Patty. Back but at um, it. yes, I I grew up in church. I was baptized and um, in a church, and when I grew up like about teenage years, I made a decision to step out on my own and go to a different church and see how things happened at a different church. Um, it made me question a lot of things religiously. Yeah. Um, it opened my eyes to a lot of different things. So I was in and out of church um, for a while, and I saw the the other side of life, mm -hmm. um, just being in the streets, really, yeah. um, not in church at all. And I still had Jesus in my heart. So I always felt that conviction when I did right. something that wasn't according to the Bible. Absolutely. Um, but I grew up going to youth services. I grew up going to different events. Um, I grew up preaching as a youth um, kid because my mom and dad used to run the youth group at our church that we went to. So they always used their kids, you know, to go up there first. Right, and right. <laughs> be an example. I can second that. So <laughs> you can't say no if they're your parents, right? Sometimes so, even if they're not, saying <laughs> no is it's yeah tough. Yeah, but I actually liked it, even though I said I didn't. I I did, and after a while, it just became normal to do. Probably right. like you guys, right? Right. Um, so it it got engrafted in me and in my heart to do um, things to be helpful, not just in in the church, but in different ministries as well. Um, so I I missed that for a while. Right, right. And when you go to churches and you go here and there trying to find the perfect one, there's not going to be one. No. Absolutely There's not, not. going to be a perfect one. You have to um, 
have it in your heart first before you can um, seek out what you really are looking for. Right. You're never going to find a perfect church, never. but you can always find a perfect Savior. Exactly. And if you can't find him in the church, I think you need to look on. For mm-hmm. a different church. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying. If he ain't been in there in years in attendance, you don't need to be there. You don't need to be there for a minute. <laughs> and like in addition to not finding like the perfect church or a church that's everything that you want, maybe that's an opportunity for you to step, in. step into a calling right. that you may right. not realize is on your life. You know, I want this in a church. I can't find it. Well, maybe now it's on me to step up and. That's like a cliche exactly. that everyone always hear, be the change you want to see, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think. A lot of us could learn from that if we actually took it to heart, other than just being a random cliche, you know, or a billboard sign. Mark, let's let's see how you think. Well, I came from a completely different area as all you three, and right. probably mostly uh, other members of our associate pastors. I did not grow up in church. Right. I uh, was not even ever discussed in home. Uh, my dad was definitely dead set against it, still yeah. is to this day, because of a bad experience at a bad church right. when he was younger. Right, right. Um, matter of fact, I didn't even start going to church until I was about your guys' age. Right. About my 19, 20 in that range. Yeah. But, and again, came from the same, I've known these guys for most of their lives. Our entire lives. I don't think I've ever remember life without Mark. <laughs> That makes sense. Is that a blessing or a curse? (laughs) Depends on which day you're asking. Okay. We'll we'll save that one for later then. Um, But got involved um, at our old church a little bit, but I always had the mentality of if I didn't show up, I wasn't upset. Right. But which in the long run, that is not the right attitude to have at all or the right mindset. I think that comes along, uh, along with the circumstances around you. Where it doesn't matter if you go or not, you know? Yeah. Which, well, that's a deeper subject for a different day. Yeah. yeah that's a little bit touchy. Yeah. Yeah. We're, 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 we're still staying on close to the beach shore right now. We're not getting out, right. <laughs> out where the boats going, are right now. We're not now. even going, getting wet yet. So. If yeah. you want to know more, you'll have to tune in later. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> we just can't guarantee which episode. So recently, what, what, what has happened to you? Got actually serious about it. Right. Got a better relationship. Got into a better situation. Right. And again, got the, uh, and I've thought about. Got into a better relationship with Jesus. He's with been Jesus. married for. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I've been married for quite some time. Yeah. Don't let Stacey hear that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not yeah. going to hit the button on that one. Um, got a closer relationship, learned more about who Jesus really was. Right. And what was more his mindset, what the things he wants for us. From Yeah. And that kind of spurred me on more. And I'd always tried a couple times, even early teaching a couple classes and things like that. And I like right. doing that. Right, right. But it took a while for it to, to finally stick completely. So to where it's set in. And that's another thing that I want to go along this table. And we got a name, and it's kind of a uh, – I don't want to call it – Kind of not a racy name, but we we call it ready to preach, but none of us were. No, no, no. I think it, I think it applies to us now, mm-hmm. you know. But all of us, I don't know about Patty. I can't speak for any of you, but personally, I was not ready to preach. I knew that I should have my entire life. I've known it my entire life, but it took the push. I've known it, but I was scared to do it. 
it took the push from my dad, and I'm going to go along and say my dad is the pastor. He's all of our pastors here at Redemption Church. He's uh, we got two campuses, one in Eau Claire, one in Bangor. We do Sunday morning and Sunday night. And Three. We got well, Bangladesh, too. We have one in cross seas, you know, across the pond in uh, Bangladesh. But he has pushed us to higher elevations for our own self, but it's because he had discernment sh- or dis- discernment ship to see at, see deeper than what our surface levels are. He is the, the Lord and the Holy Spirit have moved on him to sh- reveal to him that we were all ready to preach, even though we didn't think we were. You know, we were two thirds ready to preach. Holy Spirit, my Father, and <laughs> not us. Yeah, that <laughs> was it. We were not in that equation yet. We're right. up to about seven eighths now. Yeah. Right, right. We're getting there. We're we're getting there. But Next steps that we're going to be in the sixteenths. We're just going little little. We're going to inch, <laughs> a little, inch up that ruler a little bit at a time. Right. How about for you, Casey? Were were you kind of in that same same boat as me, or am I just speaking for you without knowing? <laughs> <laughs> I'd say that. We were in the same boat, um, you know, prior to coming over to redemption in that previous church or the previous situation we were in, I had been asked to give one message It's kind of like a, a youth message, but I was like firmly in my twenties at that point. Yeah. I so, remember that. Yeah. I, I wasn't really a youth anymore, but it just so happened there weren't very many youth anyway. So I happened to be, uh, lumped into that category. Right. Right. And <sighs> I don't want to say that I wasn't willing because I, I'll i do anything anybody asks me to. Right. Uh, that's just kind of where I am because I don't like to disappoint people. Right. But I didn't feel called to it right. at all. And whenever um, John Bryce's dad, our pastor, kind of initially made that secondary calling, and then I was like, well, you know what? I still don't feel it myself, but if two people now have reached out and said something to me and told me that, you know, this is something they want me to start doing, that they feel I should start doing, then it's it's probably true. You know, confirmation is something that you should look for. Right. And so at that point, it's like you said, it was it was never about the calling. It was never about the ability, but all about like the belief in myself. Right. And it took time to get there. You know, sometimes I'm still like, mm, not too sure about that. I'm not great at it. Right. But then you have to remember everybody that you listen to and, you know, head pastors have usually been at this for years and years and years. Right. right. And we've been at it for what? Months year and, and months half? and months. <laughs> year and a half tops. Yeah, year tops. and a half. We don't get to call years until September, I think, for right. most of us. Right. So Bryce is probably like October or August. I think I was August. Well, you know, the president always has to go first. So that's right. Well, I uh I I'll take that. <laughs> I'll take that. And I think being the pastor's son is kind of he expected it out of me, and obviously I'd, I've known it. I've known it that it's been there, you know, because when we're doing Bible studies and stuff like that or even in Sunday school class, stuff pops up in my head like, boom, right there, you know, and it's definitely a sermon for sure that I should share, and I normally do share in Sunday school class, but sometimes now that now that I do have to preach every so often, I withhold some of those thoughts right. and keep them, you know, for myself <laughs> to move to the next sermon, but... How do you feel about it, Patty? Um, I feel like it was in me all my life. I just ignored it. Right. Um, I did do a women's conference one time, and I preached um, a woman's, I don't know, one time I did that. And then uh, when I was, like I said earlier, when I was a youth group, when I was in youth group, I preached then. Um, 
I also did Sunday school classes at, at our other church where I used to go. Right. And I helped out in different ministries. So I, I kind of feel like it was in me all the time. Right. But when your dad came up to me and Pastor John said, you're going to preach. Yeah. And I just froze. Like, uh, who I said so? Yeah. <laughs> but in my spirit, I could feel that. Yeah. Yes, you're called to preach. Yeah. And um, when he said that to me, I, I mentally froze, but in my spirit, I could hear. You were like jumping up and down. Yes. Finally, you know, yeah. I'm released. Like you're back. Right, right. You're back where you're supposed to be. Right. You know, and I think it, it, it is discernment on your father's part. Absolutely. To listen to the voice of God and know who's called, you know, and who's who's um, just kind of wishy-washy or right. whatever. Yeah. But um, I, I really am thankful that he stepped out in Absolutely. faith, you know. Absolutely, and followed and, that. And gave me a chance to preach. Right. And well, he said it this this past Sunday morning. He said, I was looking for help, you know, being a senior pastor and wanting to branch out. And he said, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, look in the audience. They're mm-hmm. there. You know, they're called. They're in the spot, you know, whether they, whether they believe it or not. He said, I have ordained you. You know, I have ordained these people. I have called them. I have given them great minds to think. Not necessarily differently, but to think right and explain the Bible in its truth and, and clarity. And just look around you, you know. Don't go outside. Don't go to somebody you don't know. Don't just pick the next guy off the street, you know. I'm glad that it happened. Me too. I'm glad that there was somebody who could have that discernment towards us because I know for myself, I never would have stepped into it on my own without a push. Well, and he not only had the discernment, and I'm not just trying to brag him up or anything because he's my dad, but he not only had the discernment, but he took the chance on all of us. Yes, he did. Yeah. Took a big chance on me because I could have flopped at any time. And there's been there's been multiple times I feel like I have flopped, you know. <laughs> yeah, where we think the people who say they're our biggest fans, that they're, they're, they need to get a little altered. They're just they're nice. In church. <laughs> they're just being nice to us, you know, yeah. so we don't go home and cry in our pillows. Myself, I don't like being, I know Casey's the same way, I don't like being up front. Right. The I don't like, I like blending in. Right. Um, you can, as the uh, guy who sat in front of me for numerous years on the uh, drums, right. my guitar, my amp, all my stuff when I play with the band is tucked away, hiding between the, the drums <laughs> and the pillar and out of sight, out of mind. Right. And low enough to where you can't hear it. <clears throat> Pretty much low enough that where you can't hear it. Which it's, was a crime, mind you, because yes. Mark is one of the best guitarists I've heard. Yes, he is. Actually. He's got a great, he, great Very addition. Very talented. A great addition to what we do. I did not pay them for that. <laughs> <laughs> Just putting that out there right now. I can't now. be bought. And <laughs> I, want, I want to make sure everyone knows that Mark is not ready to preach. He's ready to teach. He's got a certain style about him that I personally enjoy, but maybe because I've talked to him my entire life and I just understand what he means when he's saying stuff. But, And I guess I shouldn't say he's not ready to preach because he can preach too. It's just a different style than all of us. But um, We all have our own style. We all have a different way we like to bring things across. So he, our pastor, my dad, John, if you hear that, he, uh, he has – called us and pushed us into positions, and he pushed Mark into a new position this year. I kind of want to let him explain kind of where he's at and what he's doing. Well, he pulled me into teaching the adult Sunday school class. 
Yeah. And it's been the biggest uh, change or obstacle really for that was the length of the the time Time period of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I guarantee you, uh, I definitely get more comfortable with it. Absolutely. And also I can guarantee you and Bryce and Casey can attest to this, that if someone doesn't answer a question, I will point people out. I will put you on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> it would be nice if you got a little bit longer of a roster of people to choose from. But... Us too. Well, I I was going to go with Lenny's on occasion, but he's usually doing something else. He's running the screens and things right, like that. Right. But yeah, he's uh it's fun. Marcus stepped up, stepped up to bat and I think he has found his true calling. I think uh, Dad noticed that right along, you know, that his style is not a preaching style, not preaching, but he wants to help you understand deeper and understand more and understand, you know, further into the Bible, teaching it instead of preaching it. He's more of a preach it or teach it to you instead of preach it at you, you know. The thing is, Mark is so gifted intellectually. It makes me mad sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he is just, he's so smart. It's not even fair. And he has a way of bringing it about to where maybe you don't fully understand the scripture the way that it's written, but he brings it into perspective with everyday examples and things that people understand. Right. And he makes you listen. You know, at the end of the day, you're like, huh, never thought about it that way. Right. So he's just, he's very gifted in terms of teaching and understanding and being able to explain in a way that people understand. Yeah. I, uh, I, I think we've uh, all got a basic understanding of, each other. I think we've explained it well enough that hopefully someone listening can understand kind of what's going on and who we are and what we do and kind of how we think or why we think how we do, you know. Um, And I want to move on to the next point. I want to try to help someone understand Christianity a little more. And I think the, the best way to help them understand is to define, I think, what Christianity means and what it means to you. I guess I can go first on that since I'm asking the question. <laughs> I know the word Christian means to be Christ-like, and I think Christianity is a million times deeper than showing up on Sunday mornings, you know, and, and raising your hand for worship and listening to the preacher and listening to the teacher, you know. Uh, Christianity goes way further. Christianity is a lifestyle that you definitely have to live. You have to be... Um, you have to be purposeful with how you act. You have to be purposeful with how you think. You have to be purposeful with how you react, you know, because there's things that will stir people up throughout your, or will stir you up throughout your life, throughout your day, throughout your week. You know, you have to be purposeful with how you, how you do things as a Christian. And I think Christianity is a lot more than just putting the tag on. I think there's, it's way deeper than even that I can explain. But to me, I think you can understand Christianity a lot better if you live it. Casey? I was hoping he wouldn't come to me next. <laughs> That's okay. Um, yeah, just, I mean, even going off of what you're saying, it's not something that you, it's not something that you are, it is something that you are, but it's not. So like the best way I can think to explain it, and it goes back to one of the classes I took in college for my my degree is like I'm employed with the state as a social worker, you know, helping people out, determining assistance and need based on income, things like that. 
And from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Monday through Friday, I'm a social worker and eligibility specialist with the state of Michigan. Yeah. But one of my professors in class explained to me that, you know, being a social worker isn't just a profession. It's something that you are every day. It's looking for help, looking for need and doing what you can. And in the same sense, Christianity, it's not just a profession. It's not just a label that you put on, you know, Sunday, then, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, Tuesday, if you're recording a podcast with Redemption Church. Right. It's something that you you live every day. It's ingrained to your every action. It's something that you should be almost filtering your life through, you know? Right. There's the situation going on, and this is how I feel, but I know that this is how I need to behave because I'm right. a Christian. And not even just I need to behave, but there's... It's hard to explain to somebody who doesn't already have that kind of background, I guess, because... Or mentality, yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't have to think twice about, you know, is this how I'd behave if I wasn't a Christian? Because I've never known that. Right. Um, Right. And that's easier said than done most of the time. I like to make an analogy that Christianity isn't a sweater you put on on Sunday mornings. I mean, some people try to do that. It's... You can it's tell. your skin. That's right. It doesn't work. <laughs> it's, it's inside of you. It's something that's deeper than just surface level. Mm-hmm. I think you have to be it. It's the genetics. It's the DNA. It's what makes you up. It's not right. something that you can decide, oh, I don't like this today. I want to go this way instead. Or right. I don't feel like straightening out my beard, so I'm just going to let it go. But no, right. it's, it's something that's there all the time. It's not right. something that... You could you, know, you always hear people talk about I'm gonna take take my Christianity off for a second and deal with the situation. It's not something that you can can't take do off. that. If you can take it off, you never had it on. Say right. Doing is, it partially is no better than not doing it at all. Right. I would that you rather be hot nor cold. If you are lukewarm, I'll spew you out of my mouth. That's revelation for people. <laughs> and I think I think an important part of revelation is just to kind of branch off it. I don't want to go too far in a rabbit hole on that one. <laughs> yeah. But just on the on that verse alone, hot water is good for cleansing. Cold water is good for drinking. Uh, I'd rather you be good for one thing or good at another rather than just being lukewarm. You never want to take a lukewarm shower. You never want to drink lukewarm water. So just kind of go to that. We're going to get away from that for a second. <laughs> over, to, over, Patty. To you, Patty. over to you, Patty. So Christianity to me is a lifestyle. Absolutely. It is a lifestyle. Yeah. Um. Although we are human, we go through different things in our day, in our family, in our homes, um, different circumstances that others, you know, at this table don't live the same life, you know, identical to each other. Um, Likewise, everybody around that's listening doesn't have the same lifestyle we go through. Right. But Christianity is something within you that helps to direct your path through Christ, through Jesus Christ. and. The Holy Spirit does direct you as well because he's He's telling you, don't go left, go right. Right. And you have to kind of listen to that voice because sometimes somebody's going to come up to you and rub you the wrong way. Right. And you're going to have to be the bigger person. And that might, you know, I'm famous for this saying, you have to forgive people 70 times, 7 times a day yeah. for the yeah. same sin. Yeah. You know, when they rub you the wrong way and you're used to lashing back out blowing up yeah blowing up you know going off on this person you can't do that anymore uh-uh. and you know you're not you're not going to be able to because the conviction is going to catch you and if you do the, if the conviction don't catch you 
that means you're not right. Well, no, if it doesn't catch you right away, it'll catch you at night when you're laying yeah. down to try to sleep, you know. Because you're Keyboard not right in the right mentality <laughs> is what I was going to say at that time. But it will catch you. Yes, I, I, I like agree how, with I that. I like how Casey put it. She said it's a filter. Yes. You, it's, it's a filter that everything in your life has to go through. Go through. You know, you have to do it through this filter. If you don't, boom, no more. Mm-hmm. You're not a Christian no more. You could look at it like with a camera. If you don't have um, that lens or something on when you're doing right. it, like when you go to develop the film, when you develop the film, you have to be in a dark room. You can just have that red light. That's the only thing that's safe for the picture to be exposed to without ruining the film. Right. You take that out, you go through the same process, and now you've ruined everything. And that's one thing I want to go forward on. Christianity is not like a, a ball and chain that you drag around. Christianity is freedom. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Christianity, you know, a lot of people look at it like something that you you got to go and give up everything that you do, but it's not what you lose, it's what you gain. Right, and it's the opposite because people say, I can't go to church because I I do this, I do that. Right. And I can't go until I'm ready, till I'm clean from all this stuff. But that's not how it it's works impossible. either, is you have to go first, and then God will clean you from from, right. If you wait until you're from the good things enough, that are holding you back, you'll never get there. Right. Right. If everybody waited until they were, you know, so and so ready to right. say, churches would be empty. There'd be mm-hmm. no pastors. I like how you put it earlier, Patty. You know, talk about the situations in your life because I feel like it's a common misconception that people have, and it's partially our fault or the church's fault, necessarily. You know, us four. It's one hundred percent our fault. Well, it is our fault, but you know we. People want to put forward their best foot always. Mm-hmm. That's understandable. You want people to see you in the best light that they can. But the reality of the situation is, is you know, regardless of your faith, regardless of you know your status as a Christian, regardless of your status of a pastor, life is still going on around you. Absolutely. Right? There are still things that we go through. And I think part of where we lose our credibility is in the unwillingness to be authentic with that too, you know. Yeah. To acknowledge the fact that yes, I'm a Christian and Yes, that's freedom. Yes, it gives me hope. But also, I still struggle. There are still things every day that I face. Well, I think even bigger than us being authentic in that, in some of our weaknesses and some of our uncleanliness, you know, is pushing that onto someone else. You know, one of my dad's famous sayings, and he doesn't, you guys don't get the, the privilege to ride around with him and have personal, private conversations like I do, you know, and I'm not bragging or anything, but sure you one, are. Well, <laughs> one of the things that he always says to me, and I'm like, Dad, did you see this person do that? And he's like, the same Holy Spirit that convicted you to stop doing that and to stop doing these things will convict them at some point in time if they're if they're trying and they're doing it. He'll get to them too, and just like you were saying earlier, if we could clean ourselves up before we got to church, we would not need Jesus Christ to come and sacrifice his life for us. That's what I was kind of thinking when you make, when you said about the camera and the red light. Yeah. You know. That's what it we have the red light. We have Jesus' blood, you know, that was sacrificed for us, and that's what part of Christianity is, is to accept that. Right. And, in ourselves, that he paid the price for us. No right. matter what we've done, no matter what we're still doing, right. he died for us. You know, in that red light, I was like, that's a sermon right there. I, <laughs> you're you welcome, know. and I won't charge. <laughs> so you better hope so, you're on the list before Marcus. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I saw when you said the red light. 
yeah. in the room. She's safe. I've still got a couple other I've been working on for a while. <laughs> I gave Bryce a teaser of a couple of them the other day. It's uh, it's important for us to remember that nothing we can do will get us there to heaven. Mm-mm. It's Not all about, about well, it's all about what Jesus has done for us. He's the perfect mm-hmm. sacrifice. So us trying to be perfect is a waste of air. Yeah. We've all if, fallen if it, short of the glory of God. You know, absolutely. We've if it comes down short. to people asking. Is there any one thing that we can do? There is one thing we can do. Only one thing. That's the only type of work there is that could get us saved, and that is accepting what Jesus did. Accepting what he did, repent, and turn from your wicked way. We didn't do it. Absolutely, he did. Mm -hmm. And you can't do it. That's another thing that like the Holy Spirit, his conviction, you can't fully repent and turn away from your wicked way without the Holy Spirit coming on to you, convicting you of what you're doing wrong. You cannot do it yourself. Yep. I'm glad I don't have to do it myself. Absolutely. I, I screw things up a lot. That's Sometimes too, we probably wouldn't do it ourselves. No, <laughs> that would probably be more like it. Right. <laughs> Does anyone else have any questions? I know, Casey, I'm looking over at her screen. She's got a bunch of stuff on there. We've already covered a lot of it, but I guess turning back like personally in our own journeys – Obviously, from the beginning, we've all exhibited like immense growth from when we started. Yeah. Like we've yes. gone from three-minute sermons to I don't know about anybody else because I wasn't timing anybody else. But whenever I pulled out my phone, because sometimes I'm a bad congregation member, after I got down Sunday, <laughs> I had notifications that were like 20 minutes old. And I was like, mm, that's a long time for me to be up there talking. But where do you see it the most for yourself? The growth? Yep. Um, personally, I see growth, not just like you're saying in time frame. I feel like Sunday, I, I could have just kept going and going and going, you know, cause I had it. Uh, but not only that, um, clarity and speech, which that is obviously not a huge part of it, but, uh, being able to slow down and kind of control the pace. Cause at first I couldn't ever get warmed up. And then there in the middle, I couldn't ever get cooled down. I just went out and went full speed, you know? Now I'm being able to kind of control it. And lastly, but not least, is the content that is being put out. I feel like has been some of the best content that I've ever personally done. A lot of the thought processes that I go and I try to, I don't know about if anyone else does this, but I try to think like the audience would think, you know, based on the stuff that I know about some of the people, think how they would, you know, to make it understandable. I just want to say, whenever you first started getting going, you know, when you let go of it and just decided to roll with it, every time that you do even now, like, it's going to be one of two reactions. It's either going to bring me to tears, which it has on several occasions, just because, you know, to see the growth in Bryce, you have to see him to know it. Or two, like, just joy. I'm so happy watching everybody, you know, come into this in a way that it just seems so right to me. Yeah, Absolutely. Patty, it's your turn. Where have you grown? Well, now I talk a lot as well. (laughs) (laughs) Where I kind of used to just sit in the background and just say, I just want to sit here and soak it in and not say anything. Yeah. Um, Like I said before, I used to uh, teach Sunday school to little kids and I used to um, do a woman's group or whatever, but I was away from that for so long and I was searching for a church for like three years or so. And when I finally got invited to come to Redemption Church and check it out. Um, There was a lot of distractions to me the very first day I came. Yeah. A lot of distractions. And 
I prayed about it and I said, okay, Lord, you know, I'm looking for a church. I want to be part of a church again, but I'm being distracted so much that I can't see you right, right now. Right, right. I said, so I'll come back again, but this time I don't want to be distracted. I don't want to look around me to the left, to the right. That's usually why I sit towards the front because I don't want to see what's going on around me. I want to right. focus on who's right. preaching, focus on the Word of God, and let the Lord work in me. Right. And um, I think I've grown so much that now the distractions, actually, I just kind of laugh them off. Like, right. it's okay. Can I can I talk about that mm-hmm. for a second? We're going to come back to you, Mark, I promise. Oh. But just one of the thoughts that I had about that, first thing is a lot of this, she's talking about um, like kids and stuff being noisy and people getting up and go to the bathroom, stuff like that. That has had to, I had to change the same. I had the same thought process, you know. Even still, I have like, man, I wish they'd just sit down or go to the bathroom before it starts. So you're not, it's kind of an interruption. And I interruption. think that's the way we were raised. You Absolutely. Know, just yep. sit down, be 1, quiet, 000, don't move. 1,000%. <laughs> but here's one thing that Casey and Mark and myself, and I don't know if I've said it around you, but I've always, I've thought about that. But here's my new thought on it. If you tell them to sit down and shut up long enough, they will sit down and they will shut up. And then you get 22 23-year-old people who don't want to get up, who mm-hmm. don't want to say anything, you know. you. I think it's part of the growing process that you have to kind of go with them. Obviously, if a, ch- a kid's running wild, you want to stop them, you know. Or beat up their parents. <laughs> <laughs> Not going there, Casey. Not going there. In a loving and Christian way, of course. <laughs> oh, yes. Right, right, right. <laughs> Um, we, could, that, that, we could definitely go too far on that one. <laughs> but I think I think a lot of our, our me and Casey's generation, I know you guys are quite a bit older than us. So. <laughs> I'm not I'm, even twice your age. I know, I'm, <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. But our generation has been told to sit down and shut up long enough that we have. Yeah. We're just sitting and taking it. That's my first thought. Here's my second thought. I heard a story about a lady who had the same response as we all have had. You know, all these kids are getting up. All these kids are loud. People are going to the bathroom. Well, the pastor gave her a glass of water. He said, watch the glass of water on Sunday service. Walk around the sanctuary, you know, walk around the sanctuary the whole time. Make sure you do not spill a drip of water. He said, okay, next Sunday comes. She does it. He said, did you hear the kids? Did you see the people getting up? That's good. That's good. He said, you know why? Because your focus was on what it should have been on. And if you take your eyes off of, you know, I think distractions come from a trick and a tease and a a deception from Satan. Yes. He distracts you to where you can't keep your focus on God where it belongs, can't keep your focus in worship where it belongs, and he distracts you with these little tiny things that don't mean anything. In mm-hmm. two or three years, p- kids will be able to sit down and behave. Yep. That was my I other agree. thought. Mark? I would say biggest growth has been confidence and comfort. Absolutely. In it. Um, I see it. It's the point where I'll, it's fun. Right. I enjoy it. It's not like a task or a no. job. <clears throat> and it's funny. I'll, I've said some things at work sometimes to some of my coworkers. And uh, my one coworker, Jamel, who should be listening to this because he said he wants to hear what my podcast voice sounds like, <laughs> um, made a comment about my Christmas sweaters and socks and things like that. And I explained it. He's like, that's a pastor's answer. Yeah. Well, what do you expect? Right. <laughs> right, right. 
That's the only type of answer I, I can give you. It's the only type. <laughs> We've all grown into a, a certain comfortability, not a comfortability where do we take things lightly and just spew whatever we want to, but a comfortability that has confidence behind it and God behind it. I think we've all learned ourselves where we sit and like you said, not comfortable, but our own way of doing things, our own way of bringing things forward. Like I know when Mark started, he always was like, oh, I'm weird. And I don't know if this makes sense. And it was very apologetic at first, the way that you said it, you know, right. like, I'm, I'm sorry that weird. I'm weird. I'm sorry that it doesn't make sense. And he still starts things that way sometimes, but now it's not like you're sorry about it. You're like, well, this is what you have to deal this is with. This what you get now. <laughs> yeah. And it's who I am and it's helping somebody, you know, right. Right. even if everybody in the congregation doesn't understand 100% what any of us say for that matter, there's somebody out there who needs to hear it. Otherwise it wouldn't be inspired and we wouldn't be called to bring it forth the way we have. And I think the biggest thing for me is to understand that everyone in the crowd listening to you is someone that you can talk to. They're normal people. You know, they're all basically our friends now, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, on a very rare occasion, you'll get someone. I guess I shouldn't say that. That sounded terrible. Say, yeah. <laughs> you can, we encourage, we're not talking about any current members well, of Redemption no, Church. No, 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 no. <laughs> we, we encourage new membership. Yeah, that's not what, trying to say anything against not them. On we a rare promise occasion. we won't call you weird. Every week face. there's a new person you get to preach to, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know. Uh, some, sometimes I get in there and there's be certain people that do come in that I just feel like is a critic. You know what it, I mean? Yeah. You're yep. preaching to someone who is trying to pick it apart and sometimes they find stuff and that's not, it's just the flaw of a human being speaking, you know? <laughs> some, some, sometimes they give you compliments that you, that you, you don't take them as a compliment, but right. you're like, I don't see it. Like um, there was one day, it was after one of my sermons, we were going down for yeah, uh, a meal, I guess, downstairs. And Marilyn pulls me aside and says, you kind of remind me of like a Kenneth Copeland. I'm like, I, I'll i I'll say like, give a thumbs up. I'll say, okay, but I don't quite get the, uh, the <laughs> right. connection of it. But if that's what you think. I'm not going to. It's because you're a teacher. He's he's more of a teacher as yeah. well. Yeah. Say, so I think that must be a Patty yes. and Mark generation thing because I don't even know who Kenneth Copeland is. I know who he is. <laughs> I've never really heard much of his sermons because, again, it wasn't until the past 18, 19 years I even right. started going to church, let alone actually being church. You say 18, 19 years like me and Casey weren't three and four. <laughs> well, that's not my problem. Approaching five. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Should have been born sooner. That's all I got to say. You know, it's like Bryce said, you know, you think somebody's a critic, but also like, you know, Mark is saying, sometimes I think that's just as much of an attack or just as much of a distraction as anything else is, you know, you get up there and you're questioning yourself more so than anybody else is questioning you. Because I know I've had an experience where I, I surely thought, I'm not going to name names because I don't want to say it. I surely thought that this person did not like me at all. Right. It, anything that I did. And then one service, you know, they pulled me aside and said, hey, I really needed that. Thank you so much for saying it. And this entire time I've been sitting here thinking that they hate me. Right. Maybe not hate. That's not a Christian thing to say. And we don't do that around no, here. It's a distraction tactic. Yeah. Yeah, it absolutely. is. And, and even in the Bible, when most times when we use the word hate, it's loveless. It's not actual hate like what we see. Well, I hate what you're doing. Things like that. It's just putting things in the proper order of what you love more than the other. It's right. not right. even being negative in any way. You guys ready for another question? Oh yeah. Send it. Does your choice of friends matter <laughs> to your faith? 
Bryce Googled the exact same thing that all of us Googled. Yeah, I was going to say that was further down my list. I, I, I did not Google anything. Just I, so you I know. just said it first. <laughs> See, Patty, it's right here on my screen, too. <laughs> to be fair, I didn't include it in my list, so I can't even blame them. I'm just well, laughing because I was looking for questions last night, and that was one of them. Does it? Does your choice of friends? I don't think it should have to. Because That's my thought. To, to a point. That's my thought. Exactly. I mean, obviously, if you're talking to them about, and it gets to points of what you believe and that why you live the way you live, right? and they're just not willing to listen, then that's a case where I say, okay, let's move on. They're not on. as close as friends as you would like. You want them you but know, as some others, I guess. You shouldn't necessarily want all your friends to all be churchgoers. Right. You might want someone in the process of getting there. I can agree with that. Because you can help them. I was just it. about to disagree with that, but he fixed it there at the end. That's what I was saying. Yeah, it's like they're going to all end up being there eventually, but some of them. If you use your if you use your Christianity correctly. Exactly. You know. I think it has to be a matter of being self-aware, too. Absolutely. You know, I mean, obviously, Christian versus non-Christian, you know, believer, non-believer, the Bible tells you to love your neighbors. You love themselves. Love yourself. Love yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It. Who's your neighbor? You know, everybody. everybody right. Everybody's your neighbor. But it also comes down to you know. I think it's really important, and it's good here because we're all friends. We all speak to each other on a semi-daily basis. Yeah. To have people that you can lean on that are you know of the same faith, people that you know you can rely on, because the saying that you are who your friends are, isn't entirely untrue. You know, if I say that I'm a Christian and I am a Christian, but there's not a single other person who also, you know, identifies as a Christian and lives a Christian lifestyle that I can go to and spend time with and speak to. Yeah. And I surround myself completely with non-believers. I have to be self-aware enough to know where the influence is coming from. Am I more of an influence or am I being influenced? And if you're not more of an influence, then that's where you start trimming some of those off. Absolutely. It's either, either there's progress being made that's going the right way, or you, they're trying to pull you the opposite way. I definitely should have answered first, because you guys are <laughs> stepping all over it now. <laughs> well, because I, I feel that exact same, I feel that way. Your choice of friends shouldn't matter, but... How close they are. Well, not, not necessarily that. I no. think you can go be friends, but you should have a positive influence on their life. That's exactly. And you is. should they shouldn't have a negative influence on yours. If you go to them, if you have this certain, let's say, just scenario, you have this group of friends and you start to realize if you're self-aware enough to realize that you're they're drawing you away from your relationship with God or with Jesus Christ, uh, I think you should be weeding them out in a loving kind manner or try to counteract that with being Christians and some there's some friends that you just can't you can't you can't be around. Yep. You know, because they don't want your influence and you I guess you might not have a strong enough influence. Some people have strong enough are pretty strong influences on you, whether you can handle it or not. It's like I said Sunday morning, I think it was during uh Sunday school that sometimes those friends that are closest or that know you the best or family members are least likely to listen to you, but they'll hear it from someone else. Absolutely. That's just like it goes like when Jesus was preaching, he couldn't preach in his own village because exactly. they wouldn't accept him. Right, right. Um, couldn't do any miracles there either. Right. right. So same thing is with us every day. You know, we can preach all we want, but certain people aren't going to accept it. 
Well, I'm going to say this, and I'm going to first start off by saying I do not have kids, <laughs> and you two have kids. Both of you, Mark and uh, Patty, have children. Let me ask you this question. Okay. Do your kids listen to you as well as they listen to a respected or kind of an adult in their life that has authority to them? Do they listen better to you or better to someone else? Can I answer for Mark's kids? No. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) She'd have been right. I guess it depends, you know, yes, they do. And no, they don't. Right. There are some situation, some situations. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe it's just someone that they look up to and they trust with that. And just so you know, my kids are grown. I have a daughter that's married and I have a granddaughter. Then I have a younger daughter that's, um, just graduated high school this past year, so they're they're more they're older than your kids, yeah. right, Mark? Not by much, at least not. Uh, well, Eli and uh, Gabe. Gabe, yeah. But um, I know that when it comes to church situations, yeah, they listen to us. Yeah. Some of the other things, not so much. Yeah. Well, I know for a personal instance. Gabe had to come over and learn how to park from my dad because he just wasn't getting it with no. Stacy or Uncle Dick, you know. And well, and Stacy asked me, "It's like well, you going to teach him to parallel park?" It's like, do you know when the last time I parallel parked was? I said <laughs> when. I said when I took my driver's test. Yeah, I don't parallel park if I don't have to. I try not to as well. <laughs> Let me re-ask the question, then I'm going to put it into a different words that makes more sense of a question. Does your choice of friends matter to your faith? I want to change the question. How your relationship goes with said friends does matter to your faith. You know, the relationship you have, whether you're positive influence or they're a negative influence, that matters to your faith. I don't think people alone um, matter to your faith as long as they're not, you know, bad influences. If you can influence someone positively, I think you should. I think you should try to be friends with everybody. You know, you never know what kind of, that's a stereotype thing. You know, you see somebody and you instantly judge them and you're like, well, I can't be friends with them because they do this. You never know. I can tell you of a couple instances where people I've worked with, they've said I'm the most optimistic person they know. And there was another instance. This was a couple of years ago. I still worked down in Mishawaka and some people were calling off and they were just like, well, who wants to work? With this person or work here. It's like, I'll do either board. So as long as it's not that person. And the one guy I looked up, it's like, I had to look for a second, make sure it was Mark. Cause I've never heard him say anything negative about anybody else ever. And <laughs> yeah. the whole time he's been here. And it wasn't even a case of where I'd had an experience working with that specific person, but knowing their reputation and the response of other people who I have worked a lot with and I trusted the way they read situations. It was along that line. It's like, well, I'm not going to set myself up to work in that specific situation where I know it's got a high chance it's doomed to fail and it's going to go bad. Yeah. So it's like, I'll do this as long as this particular person is removed from the equation. That's part of being self-aware, knowing what your, your weaknesses are and to stay away from them. You have another question, Casey? I kind of, Mark sparked a thought for me. You know, you were talking about the coworker or the individual's reputation and how that kind of 
dissuaded you from wanting to work with them. Um, and the unfortunate fact of the matter is, is the church has developed a reputation over the years for very, similar very, things to these, you know, poor reputation. Who can you be friends with? Only Christians were kind of working off that question. How do you guys think that we overcome that? You know, right. that's a hard thing to work against. Somebody hears the church and we're talking about the church, you know, corporately, the perception of it. Yeah. And here we are trying to bring somebody to Christ and trying to, I don't want to say advertise ourselves, but put ourselves forwards as Christians who can be friends with other people. But there is that reputation, like with your coworker, where people don't want to see past that. Yeah. You know, what I've come up past is, um, or come upon is some of my friends have um, basically gone away from me because I don't do what I used to do. Um, I don't like what they do now because that used to be part of me. Right. And I didn't do it in a bad fashion where I said, okay, I'm just not going to be friends with you anymore. Right, right. <laughs> I just kind of let the Lord work it out. Well, and I think that's, I think that's natural. I and it's natural. And now, you know, we're, we're casual, like cordial. Acquaintances now. Acquaintances now. Right. Where before, you know, you used to hang out, party all the time. And now it's like. You're different if, though now. But if they need prayer, they come to me. If they need prayer, they come to me. So that exactly. right there is right. like is like a wow to me. Like, yeah. you know, they don't like that I don't do what I used to do, but they know who I am now and what I represent. So that to me is like good job, you know, right. for that's affirming, yeah. For for staying focused on the Lord, right? For not being um, rude or like telling them I don't want to hang out with you anymore well, because act of like this. You're a different class now. You know, but you don't act like you're too high and mighty where you can't talk to them anymore. Right. So heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. Yes. Right. Basically. Yeah. Basically. And um, I've had a coworker that's come up to me and said, you know, when I started a few years back with you, you know, um, you were a total different person because at that time I wasn't going to church. I wasn't representing a church. Right. And I was you know, free to do whatever I wanted to, basically. Right. And I was. And that's when she she met me. And now the person I am now, she said, is totally different. And I've encouraged her so much that now she's seeking the Lord and now she's coming, Good. you know, to to seek him out for that's, herself. And that's I think, one of those things that you've had a positive influence. Yes, and, I, and it made me feel so good that I want to do that more for the Lord. I want to do that more. You know, so it just made me reevaluate myself. Right. To say where where can I help others to see a better side of me? You know, because I still have, you know, I'm not perfect kind of thing. Right. I still have circumstances in my home and my life, but if I can help one person, right, come to the Lord, that is like amazing to me. <laughs> I think with the the bad sort of reputation that the church has gained, because of what they've done, because of what we've done, I'll be, go as far as to say that definitely well we, deserved. Well, and nothing to dissuade people from that. Well, I'm I'm just saying, with that bad reputation, I think people want to see the sermon you're living rather than hear the sermon you can preach. Mm-hmm. You know, that's big, and that goes along kind of with our first sort of thing of what is what is Christianity to you. You know, I think people would much rather see you 
be a Christian and and feel the Christianity coming off of you or feel Jesus basically coming out of you. Yes. I think they'd much rather see that than see you on Sunday morning in a church pew next yeah. to them, you know. And I always look at the story where Jesus sat with sinners. Absolutely. And he didn't judge them for what they did. No. You know, he just sat with them and talked to them and befriended them. Right. And I think that's what we're supposed to do. Absolutely. As long as they are not pulling us towards their side, you know, to do wrong. Um, I think just us being being in, integrated with them, I think that's good. Yeah. Because they see a whole different side. I've been to churches before where they said, don't go here, even if it's with your family. Don't do this. Don't do that. You don't know? go to a restaurant that sells liquor. Right. Um. What if you're having a family reunion and it's at a place that has liquor? You know. You know? Yeah. And you can't go to that place. There's a lot of religious rules every which direction. But what we got to start showing the whole world is that Jesus is what's the matter. This is what the main thing is, not right. the religious things Sect that they're or religious yeah. group. One one thing that is a is a story about our Jesus said this. I'm going to paraphrase. He said, "Healthy people don't need a doctor. He's the great physician. We all know that. We've all heard the name. Sick people." need doctors. Mm -hmm. Sick people, hurting people, broken people need hospitals to go to. And I think we should create, you know, in the church, in us, the church, us, you know, we need to create that sort of refuge to be able to help someone who's sick and someone who falls and falls again, you know, because we didn't walk the first time when right. we stood up, you know, be able to help them up and lead them back to the cross. I think that's huge. I think that would change a lot of people's perspective on the church. 100%. Start putting out a more positive image and not like a PR stunt. Right. Right. Not just like cleaning everything up. Oh, look how they look. Yeah, they're nice now. And then you go in there and they're still bickering and backbiting and all that. But changing it in here and in here. Right. Yeah, there's no camera. I point to my head and to my heart yeah. before you worry <laughs> about changing the building. Right. Well, it says that you're clothed in white raiment, but... Inside, you're full of dead man's bones. Mm -hmm. Casey, you want to expound on that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree with the notion that we say the church as a reputation as a whole, as a large, you know, socially perceived entity, I guess. But acknowledging our own reputations too, you know, how we treat other people, how we are around other people. And I don't think that anybody that I know of in this room, at least. And I would be shocked if I found out that anybody treated people poorly because I I don't think it's in any of, any of us really. But not that we're perfect either, just we're nice people, I guess. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sometimes I just start talking and my mouth does most of the thinking before my brain can catch up. So I'll apologize for that <laughs> for the uh, future like, episodes too. All of us have that. Yeah, yeah. But... I, Sometimes whenever there's a preconceived notion about you, sometimes whenever people already have their mind made up, all you can do is everything you can to prove them wrong. Right. And I think that's an active role that we need to take on. Yeah. I agree. So I'm going to go kind of towards a more personal question to all of you. Ooh. It's not a bad one, Casey. Don't worry. Well, I didn't think it was going to be bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a personal question kind of. You can answer it in a church manner. Obviously, I said Christian is a lifestyle. You have to live it. Um, what's the best thing going on in your life right now? I'm not starting this time. 
Patty will. Patty will. Oh, okay. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. The best thing going on in my life right now is that I'm showing my kids how to live a better life. Yeah. Going to church, um, seeking the Lord, and they're seeing a different person now. And I have a granddaughter that's coming up, and I think that's what makes me stay focused is that I want to show them that there's more at that stake. there's more yeah. than just yourself that you need to be worried about. It's your next generation right. and the next generation after that. Well, you've decided that there's more at stake. You know, there's yes. a lot to lose now. Yes, and there is. Um, and I'm glad that I found that out really quick. Yeah. Because, like I said before, I'm almost 50. <laughs> so, <laughs> surprise. No. <laughs> but um, I'm not a spring chicken anymore. Yeah. And I feel like 50 is, is where you need to make your real decision because, you know, Life is short. You can go anytime. Yeah. You know, we don't know the time or the hour, but we have to refocus our lives and say, okay, what have we done in our lives? And from this point on, what do we need to do right. with the rest of our lives that only we have? Only the things you do for Christ you know, will last. And that's the only thing that's going to matter right. in the end Right. is right. what did you show? Right. What did you show them? Did you right. show them Christ or did you show them uh, a different thing. Right. And that's how I feel right now. I think I feel good about that. Yeah. I'm answering next so Mark doesn't steal my question <laughs> or steal my answer. I think the best thing I got going on right now is this right here. I've been so excited to not only do it, just to be a part, you know, with friends and sit down and talk because me and Mark do like, <laughs> me and Mark do like to talk a lot, you know, and this has been basically started just a, a thought two weeks ago and now it's a thing, you know, um, it's I'm, as most things with Mark and Bryce do go as so a thought good. and then all of a sudden it's right it's there. Happening. Um, <laughs> but I'm excited about it. And not only am I excited about it, it has pushed me to look, to look into deeper subjects, you know, dive into the Bible, get things going in my head to further this kingdom. I think that's huge. I think that is a great thing going on in my life, you know, yes. um, I've been married for a year now. And that's good too. I'll say that it's been good so far. We'll see how the next fifty years. Don't go. even talk like that. <laughs> <laughs> Can we joking. cut that I'm... out so Maya doesn't hear that? No, I'm no this is real talk. Yeah, <laughs> this, is not, real this, talk is, yeah. this is getting uploaded. Uh, the the best thing that's happening to me right now in this very moment is this. I think it's kind of a not necessarily a broad thing, but I think I think it's good. I'm cool with it. Marker Casey. So he went. So he went. <laughs> so I wouldn't steal his answer because he stole my answer, part of my answer. <laughs> yeah, I it is. It. Yeah, it's definitely something I've been interested in a while, and I know when he mentioned it in our um, pastors meeting, I jumped right on with it right yeah. then, and that's what led to what you see. The, the, the oh, well, what, what you don't what, see. What, well, you what, don't you see. <laughs> what you hear. What you hear. What you hear. What uh, Casey likes to affectionately term the stinky room. It though, is a stinky room. Though now it smells like Febreze because she brought us something over in the corner there. So it's, <laughs> it's cleaned it up a little bit. But it smelled like adhesive. It wasn't like stinky because of anything bad. It just so happened that the stuff they used to stick the foam to the walls to smelled really bad. <laughs> it was either that or the foam or the or where they combined made something that was not a very pleasant smell. Yeah, it was All I know good. is it wasn't good. Casey, you're up. <laughs> I'm up. Um yeah, I agree with both of you guys in terms that this is a really good thing going on right now. Not anything that I ever anticipated or 
even fully understand. I feel like besides being in the same age bracket as Bryce, I, I don't get a lot of like the popular things because I'm stuck in my ways and I'm still all about the searching up a YouTube video thing. You're like 50 in your head. You know what, Bryce? <laughs> Tell no, you I'm what. Not, no, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> not I'm just kidding. I'm not a bad thing. You know, no, I'm, I'm in the same boat. I'm like, I, I'll say I'm more like maybe 40. Oh, he's always <laughs> got to be a little bit younger. That's okay. Um, but yeah, beyond this, I have just noticed differences in myself. Um, there's been a lot of repeats of situations that I have responded to very differently in the past. Things that have gone on in my life. Yeah. And now that it's happening again and that's, it is what it is. Not good things, but the good part is, is I've noticed differences in the way that I've reacted the to way it. You're reacting. Yeah. To it, yeah. No, yeah. not differences around me, but differences in me. In you. Yes. And other I, people have noticed that too. It's not your, well, thanks. Yes. <laughs> thanks. And I just, I'm so appreciative and it has a lot to do with the growth we've already spoken about too. I'm positive because there's no way anybody can get through this life alone. Absolutely. And I think that's a big thing that it should be a reaching point for Christianity and us, you know, people struggle, we struggle, things happen, but we also have the ability to provide that hope and not a resource because I don't want to speak about Jesus like he's like oil or something. Yeah. But I don't know. I've just noticed a difference in myself. I'm not sure where I was going with that thought, but no, hopefully I, somebody else got it. I, I understand fully. I, I like to think that I'm, it's not the best thing going, and I guess I, I guess it is. <laughs> One of the best things that I've realized about me in this stage of life is that I understand who is in control. You know, my 14-year-old quote on Instagram, I don't know what my future holds, but I do know who holds it. You know, I finally fully understand that. I don't know what it holds, but I know who holds it, Casey. You'll get it. No, I get it. I was just trying to go back 14 years. Did you an Instagram when you were eight? <laughs> she was doing the math. No, 14 year old. No, so oh. you were 14 years old. The Instagram right. quote isn't 14 years old. Okay. No, no, I was, no, no. I was just wondering. When I was 14, my Instagram bio said, I don't know what my future holds, but I do know who holds it. And now I see the future from... Eight years ago. <laughs> <laughs> That's your reverse math for you there, Casey. Since there you said go. he was eight years Listen, old. I went into right. social services because I can't do math. <laughs> no, I, I see it eight years advanced now. I I think I live that now. Yeah. It's easier for me. You want another question? <laughs> Next topic I want to go to is what are three questions you can ask God in prayer? Three questions. That's a Casey question. Oh, my goodness. I ever heard one. The only reason why he's saying that's a Casey question is because I just looked up at the ceiling and sighed <laughs> like I wasn't ready to answer. And no one else. And it's like crickets are in here. Yeah. No I'm, one's. I'm just going to stop reacting and look at my Oh, yeah. That's that, what, that was just going on in my head and cobwebs coming across. Three questions you can ask God. Mm, you I, can. I think to preface the question, you have to know that you can ask anything according to his will and it will be done for you. That's very true. Um, 
three questions I often. Let's just make it easy and start Ooh. off with one question. One question. Yes. I only <laughs> no, had two, no. so I was going to be thinking on the fly. Let's, let's, let's kind of narrow this down. Is it more? Is three questions that we know we can ask or is it, or a question that we would like to ask? You got to know that it can be answered. Okay. Well, you just told us any question can be answered, so. According to his will. I know. Um, I'll go with my one question then. Thank goodness for re reissuing the question. <laughs> um, You're welcome. I think what I find myself asking for more than anything right now is for guidance and, you know, lead me into what comes next. Cause a lot of the times I'm like a, a GPS with no internet signal. I'm just kind of or a straight spinning. dog just going in around. <laughs> yeah. And that's not to say that there's not a plan, but sometimes I'm just not privy to it. So yeah, not aware of the plan. Yeah. A lot of praying for clarification, a lot of praying for guidance and revelation of what comes next for me. In my opinion, that is a question that can be answered. Uh, Mark, yeah. question. I got a good one. This is actually, this is like a, almost like a little short prayer I usually do before um, I start preparing for a sermon. Is like, you know, what is something that is important that the church needs to hear. That's good. Booyah. And that's how it all starts. And then I'm sitting around driving around while my uh, coworker Adam drives. So I, I Thanks. sit. Oh, I've got either I've got music on and headphones or whatever, or yeah. even days when I'm by myself, it's I got music going. So sometimes I'll get my example first, or I'll yeah. get a title, yeah, or I'll get an idea for uh Biblical account, because I don't like the word story. <laughs> Let me make that clear. See, every time I preach, I say story. I'm like, oh, man, Mark's going to get me for that one. I don't, I don't <laughs> pick on other people for it. I just, like, my, like I said, like I explained it, my view is a story has a chance to be made up. Right. An account is real. Right. Yeah. It's factual. Okay, moving on to Patty. It's a question you can ask God that you believe will be answered. Well, he didn't say if mine could be answered. Yours can be answered. Okay. I'm good now. <laughs> Well, the question I always ask God is um, for for both of those responses there. Yeah. But also for the salvation of the people in my family. Absolutely. That, that can be that answered. Are I'll lost answer for Bryce. Yeah, that one's definitely according to his will. And that are like teeter tottering, like kind of eh. Just for, a, just for a, a biblical scripture, you know, uh, I would that none perish. Mm -hmm. That's an answerable question for you, Patty. Thank you. That's, you go, that's what you he says, too. You can even go John 3.16 <laughs> on that one if you want to get... Right, right, right. <laughs> but you got to make sure you do 17 and 18 as well, because it's got to have the whole concept with it, the whole about not coming to condemn the world. Context is important. Yes, it is. My, I, I think that's part of the, the problem sometimes with people in the church is we've had a tendency, maybe not us in general, but the church yeah. historically has had a tendency of we look at a little piece of the verse... Oh, this makes sense for me. This I can build something around this. But then when you look at the couple before, the couple behind it, or you look yeah. into who wrote it and when it was written, yep. or where it was written to, it's like you're so far off base. All you're going to do is confuse people. Well, I seen what I seen a a quote. It said, "If someone is throwing a scripture at you and you don't know how to combat it, read the next scripture." <laughs> That's a good one. We've used the the Bible as a baseball bat or the gospel gun, you know, to smoke people with Scripture and show them how bad they're living, and that's exactly why people hate church, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in my opinion. That's what that's one of the that's where my dad's quote came from. 
you know, the Holy Spirit is that that is the same Holy Spirit that you have, the same Holy Spirit that all of us in this room, all of us in the world that's available to us, you know, yep. he will guide them just like he guided you. Yes. We were made in their image. Yeah. My question, my question to God always is, I guess it's not a question. It's more of like a, will you help me? <laughs> you know, well, that's a question. I guess, you know, uh, will you help me say something, do something, live in a certain way, act in a certain way that will lead someone closer to you? Well, since you asked a question, I'll play your part. That one will get answered too. Thank you, Mark. <laughs> Thank you. I, uh, I always, I always go back to the the office before preaching. I don't know if anybody else does this. I know you probably all pray before. I always go back there, hit my knees, and just ask God to help me. Ask Him to help me with clarity. Help me with, and help the audience with understanding and mm-hmm. make them make their hearts receptive and make their their minds receptive that what i say what i do um what the scripture reveals to them will help change them if you ever see me up there and i'm either like whether it's whether it's waiting on my turn for popcorn preaching or whatever was going on and you see me there and i'm kind of going like this people they're just listening they can't see i have my eyes closed head down a little bit just sitting like that that's generally what I'm doing. That's to what be, I do, Mark. Um, <laughs> to, be fair, to, to be fair, no one else here or no one else that's listening has, well, you might have seen Mark, but I'm pretty sure that's his basic resting face. He's <laughs> sitting there like kind of in a different world, not to be rude to you, Mark, but if you're in prayer, you, I guess you are reaching a different realm, I guess, but that's kind of how you are. <laughs> If you ever see me like this, it's like, I never not see you like that. So I guess it's a good thing. I guess it's a good thing. I disguise it very well. <laughs> Does anyone, do you have another question, Casey, for God? Um, I'll take that as a no. Yeah. You, you no, no, take that as a no. <laughs> okay, take, yeah, it take it as a no. no. Mark, ask one of your questions that you have. Okay. So and the, can I actually just be like a two-part two part single question? Single question, two answers. Yep. So the first part is, part A, what are some tips you received from people once you started preaching? And I'm only going to count, it only counts as a valid tip if it actually came from someone that actually does it. Because like we say at church, you know, don't ask someone for advice about a relationship if they're single. Right. So. Don't ask spiritual questions to unspiritual people. Yeah. And the other side of it is, after that, what are some tips of your own that you've come up with that you would give to other people that are starting out in the ministry? Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Your father told me one time not to be the mean mama look and pace back and forth. <laughs> we That's like the mean mama look. Patty, Actually, it triple works. M, Martina Serratos. Yeah, but it, let me tell you something. It works. Uh, I tried not to do it, and l- later that night, he did it. <laughs> so he just did one just, competition. Yeah. I thought that was funny. Right, it was like myself. me answering the question first right. so Mark couldn't get it. <laughs> Cuz um I like pacing back and forth because I hear I hear you know God speaking to me as I'm saying it and things just keep popping every time I walk. 
But if I just stand there, I'm staring at everybody and and my knees are shaking, you know, because (laughs) I'm I'm trying to do it in myself and I can't do it in myself. So then I start moving because if I move, I'm not focused on their faces and their reactions. Right, right. I'm focused on what God wants me to say. If okay. that makes any sense. All right. Now part two of the Yeah, part two. Some what are tips, tips you would have. give? Um, I would give uh, a tip by saying, just be yourself. <laughs> no, I mean, honestly, she that's probably, that's that probably what, what everybody else is going to say. But honestly, that's what people want is yourself. Genuine. Genuine person going out there, mm-hmm. being a vessel for God and just giving them you. Right. I'm answering next. Oh, I was about to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going last because she's going to probably say similar to you, which is going to be about the same thing I'm probably going to say. So the the advice I received was the same advice, not the same advice you received, but the same advice you would give. It was you're not going to be able to preach like anyone else but you. You shouldn't try it. God has created you wonderfully and magnificently, you know, and uniquely you. He has created your voice different than anybody else's. He has created your mind different than anybody else's. And, and he's created your thought different than anybody else's. So that's one of them. My other one is my dad told me, he said, because I called him, you know, after I get done, and we just kind of do a basic recap of the day, I guess, basically, for lack of better terms. But I was like, man, I really flopped on that one. He said, don't worry, we'll let you preach next week, too. You know, he said, if, if they'll let me, well, no, kind of both, kind of both, kind of both. But he said, he said, I've had those two. And I just had the thought, if they'll let me preach next time, I promise I'll do better, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's kind of stuck with me. And it's, it's given me more, more confidence in what I do. You know, some advice that I think that I would give to somebody is don't get too stressed about it. The first couple times, you know, obviously understand that this is a very, very highly respected position, you know. Um, it has a lot of consequence with what you say, you know. You have to live by the words that you preach, you know. Um, some of the best advice I think you could give is just go for it. If it's not what you're supposed to do, you'll be terrible. Or you'll be terrible and you just get better and better. See, I'm going to be a gentleman. I'm going to let the lady go first. Yes. I was going to ask if we could enact that. Well, you're the question answer. You automatically have to or ask yeah. her. You got to go last every time. You've had so much more time to think about it than we have because you came you, up with it. Yeah, you made the question. So it's only right. Um, I still say I'm being nice and being polite. <laughs> that's okay. We'll, we'll go with that. Mark's very nice and polite. Um <laughs> I received both good and bad advice at the start. I think some of the worst advice that I received and not from anybody here in a separate situation was the congregation probably won't remember most of it by Monday afternoon. That is terrible advice. It's terrible advice. I didn't say if it was a good tip. True. I you didn't know, specify. And <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe that's comforting in a way. And it was whenever I was told it, but you know, where I am now thinking about it. Why on earth would we want somebody to not remember what we've said to them trying to bring them to Christ right, like a day made, later? Like you made no impact on what yeah. was in their mind. So that was bad advice that I received. Um, in terms of good advice, it was mostly, like you've said, just stop worrying about doing it in yourself. Allow the Spirit to work through you. Yeah. 
Um, also the reassurance that not everybody's going to be your number one fan. Yeah. There are people who love to hear Bryce speak that probably could care less whether or not I speak. But in the same sense, there are people who I'm their favorite and right. not that it's about me, but it's about your delivery. Yeah. And we're not, not worrying about what people think about you personally so much as what you're providing to them right. through the message. And then in terms of advice that I would give other people, I'd say get out of yourself with it. Um, spend spend less time worrying about how you look, like Patty said, whether or not you're pacing. Spend less time worrying about where you're coming from, how you speak, if you stutter, because it's going to come across the way that it needs to regardless. And it was never about you in the first place. Exactly. Booyah. Is Bingo. that what you're going to say? No, I, oh. I got, I got it. I got some advice and I lost it, but <laughs> I got some advice that I was told. Not everyone's going to be a barn burner. Not yeah. every one of them's going to be jumping up and down saying hallelujah. Not that we do that and all not. the time. <laughs> not all of them are. Not all of them are. It feels really good when they are, though. Yeah. yeah, it does feel good. That's one thing that we have to we have to remember that we have to put ourselves aside and let the Lord. And I think all of us do that. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad that we all do that. Yeah. But it's Absolutely. nice to get, you know, some that help. Was so good. Yeah. You know? Get some right. help. Get some help. Yeah, like that really encouraged me. That really helped me. And then it makes you feel good. But you're you're kind of like. Well, thank the thank God that <laughs> that you right, got it. I'm glad somebody me. understood what I said because yeah, I did. <laughs> right, right, right. I would say for myself, obviously the general advice given was you know to be yourself, and you know I realized that. I think it was like two or three sermons in. I even said I said you know I'm going to tailor my message to kind of how I am. Right, and you know it's like I was born a nerd. Yeah. Gonna stay a nerd, so just be prepared for nerdy things. That's really <laughs> right. that's the only that's what I know. Yeah, yeah. That's what I know. I, I had to resist the temptation to bring one of my little Star Wars bobblehead things to put up in here. <laughs> Please keep resisting that temptation. <laughs> oh, come on. It'd just be noise on the mics because no, maybe no, we should never mess the, with it. The mini ones don't bobble. They're just submit so yourself things. to the Lord, resist the devil, and he will flee. <laughs> uh James four seven. I believe that actually nerd. <laughs> I just know it. Mark knows the scripture. Well, nerd. So the um the one I was telling you about the other day when Stevie was touching on it. Yeah, that's my it. My scripture was James four seven, and it was going to go on okay. from there. So hey, not as much of a nerd. Yeah. No, I'm still a big. Nerd. Now, some advice that you'd give. Um, advice that I would give. Be a, like, let's just say two parts. Kind of. Just calm down. Right. Just. Relax. Whatever. Yeah. Just relax. And I like my notes. Everyone that knows me knows I love my notes. Right. I skip so much stuff in my notes sometimes because I get to it's like, I don't need to worry about that anymore. Don't be afraid to change anything that you're doing. Right. Don't be afraid to do it in a different order than what maybe you thought because it's going to have a natural flow to it. And whether it lines up with how you already had planned or not, doesn't matter. Right. When it when it's going right and it feels right, that's the only thing that's important about that. And the only other part I would say is don't be afraid to get other people involved. Yeah. Which is what I keep saying this. It surprises me. Every time I ask for volunteers, even though people know what's gonna ha- what's happened in the past, they still 
volunteer. Yeah. <laughs> so, so just because I feel bad for you, Mark. <laughs> I don't care the motive. The I'm motive doesn't. The motive doesn't matter. Sitting here thinking and listening, I've remembered what I was going to say. Yes. First thing. First thing is just to go along with what Mark just said. Don't get so worried about reading all your notes. What God wants you to say is what will come out of your mouth. Mm-hmm. Keep that at the forefront of your thought. What I'm supposed to say will come out of my mouth. Next thought I had is some advice that I would give, and I just have come upon this, and I've said it during our pastor's meeting, but I want to, I feel like it's important. For a new preacher, get out and look, not get out, but get in your Bible, get in a passage what you want to preach, don't make the passage fit your message. Make your message fit the passage. Don't make it, don't twist it to fit the meaning that you want it to have. Twist what you're saying to fit the meaning that the Bible has. I think that's a big, big thing. I'd agree. With a lot of people nowadays, I feel like that's another check mark on why people hate church is they tell you how to do and how to live and make things work for them and work against you. Use the Bible as a tool like it is supposed to be like a a guidance for us. Do not make it fit how you want it to come out. Make what you want to say fit the Bible. And that's the other thing, like with my notes, to be honest, I don't need my notes. Right. By the time I've written it in my, so it starts with, my process starts with I get my idea, and then I make a little note in my, in my notepad on my phone. Then let that stew for a couple of days, and I start doing some research, getting into different things like that. And then I kind of write it out almost like a conversation. And then I usually finalize it by putting it on paper and actually writing it out by hand, which Sunday I did not have any notepad with me. I was doing it a little bit differently. Right, right. But I, to be honest, the, it mainly keeps me just a little bit on track more than anything else because everything that's on the paper and the notepad is already up here. I could I could do it word for word if I wanted to do it word for word. Right. But it's more it's like, okay, I know there's four points I want to come across on this particular one. Or there yeah. were two last on Sunday. Yeah. And it's like whatever else I add in or whatever else pops into my mind as I go, as long as I know I'm hitting those two points. It's just extras. The rest doesn't matter. If I uh, probably the first couple times I'd get a little irritated when I didn't. When you skipped hit, over. When I skipped something. Yeah. But sometimes that stuff doesn't matter. Right. Say, in addition to what you guys have both been saying here the last couple of minutes, don't not prepare. Preparation is important. Absolutely. You know, oh, study, yeah. going through. Figuring out, like you said, how this is meant to be put forward right. based on the source material, not based on your own thoughts. Right. Important, especially at the beginning. Do not ignore preparation Absolutely. at all. Um, I can't shoot from the hip yet, and it's been... You will find out very fast whether you are a note person or whether you are not. Right. But even with all that preparation, whenever it comes time, do not temper the spirit. Yep. Absolutely. You know, if you have this notes in front of you and that's that's great, you've prepared, but you and you know when it's the spirit versus when it's just some random thought and exactly. something's coming to you, don't temper that or push that back because there's somebody who needs to hear that that's present. In my experience, I've had that. I've had that and I've pushed it away. Not mm-hmm. necessarily pushed it away. That sounds bad. Sounds worse than what I actually do. I just 
don't say it, and then someone else will get right up and say it. And it sucks, doesn't it? Sucks so bad. That was like the funny thing about with Stevie. So when I was going between my non-weird sermon, which was the one I gave on Sunday, versus my more weird one, um, some of the same things were what Stevie was hitting, just from a different perspective and using a different take on it. Yeah. But like I sent, I showed it to him afterwards, and I sent you the picture of it where yep. he was talking about. You know, when Jesus answered, he said, it is written. So I took a screenshot and circled it and sent it over to Bryce. And yep. it was right there. So Jesus answered with, it is written. Yeah. Um, But it wasn't then a case of just not doing it or not choosing to do it. It's like it's not being the first one at bat. <laughs> no. And it's just like, you know, I went back and forth, back and forth. I know a lot of us went back and forth the past week on well, what we we're going to do. Actually, and, I'm just putting it out there that I think the only reason why I couldn't think of anything until 5 a.m. on Sunday was because Mark couldn't make up his mind either. And I was going to preach the passage he actually did preach. So <laughs> so it worked out perfect. It did. Yeah, And then yeah. hers ended up fitting with what I was. It's not about the plan. It's about the planner. Exactly. There you go. Amen to that. <laughs> Which then the, the completely randomness for the choosing of the order worked out even more perfect then because... Yeah, kind of to get to where hers was going, it needed something with a setup or something that was kind of built up to it to start with, and that just happened to be my. I still say I successfully had a non-weird one. Just depends on who you ask. <laughs> there, hey, there were no nerdy facts. <laughs> there were no stats. No I think we need a playback to determine that. I'm not sure we can. Yeah, we need an official review. We want to, we <laughs> review on the like, field. Yeah, we have it. It's on YouTube. We can go and look later. I don't know if the calling stands or not, Mark. <laughs> calling was confirmed. Okay, <laughs> New York said it was okay. Yep. <laughs> okay, I think with that we got enough content to go ahead and wrap this up. Yeah, we just there is one segment I know that uh, Riley and Casey were talking about that. We can do it separately at the end of this. Okay. It's a very good idea. So we'll be back with that in just a moment. All right. I This is Casey back again. I just want to thank everybody who has listened in and joined us today for our podcast and our discussion. Um, and at this point, we just want to make it very clear that this is not only something that we're doing for ourselves, but for the listeners also and anybody who may be looking for another source of hope or another source of information. And with that, I'd like to open up ourselves to questions or any topics that you'd like us to discuss further or dive deeper into. If you have a question, a suggestion, or even just something you'd like to know more about, you are welcome and encouraged to reach out to us at our Facebook page. It is Redemption Church. You will find it in currently as of this recording the um, banner is a sign that says you're invited just in case there's another redemption church out there. I'm not sure. I'm only following this one. <laughs> um, just shoot us a message. Um, you can include your name, where you're from, or if you want to be answered anonymously, please let us know that we don't want to make anybody uncomfortable in bringing them forward if there's something they want us to discuss. And as of right now, we are fairly small, so we'll probably get to you within a week or two. But if you don't have us or hear us answer it or discuss it right away. Please don't be discouraged. We will reach everything as quickly and as timely as we can. Thank you.